0: He just saw those words. At that moment, a tune came to him and he began singing the tune with these words. Where does our soul go? And what actually happens to everything that we lived for, that we leave behind? From the moment we were born the date of our passing has already been predetermined. God gives us life and God takes away life. When God puts us on this world he gives us the opportunity to serve him, to be an ambassador for doing good in this world. God chose a soul, put it in a body so that we can do something and make a difference in this world. We're all sent here for a certain amount of time and we're all sent here with a mission at hand. It would be easy if God would tell us ahead of time what our mission is so we would know exactly what we have to do but that would be a little too easy. So God Almighty gives us a godly soul, puts it in a physical body We are born, and the day we are born God said the world can no longer exist without you. That's why we're here. And then we have to grow up and develop and understand and try to figure out why am I living here? What is my mission? What is the goal? Why did God put me in this world? Why did God put me exactly What part of earth am I living? What country? What city? What town? What village? What community? What family? It's all part of a plan. And we have to seek and find out what is our life's mission. Because we are on this world not just to exist. We're not here just existing. We're here to make a difference. We're here to be a link from the past. And here for the present and then for the future. So we need to fulfill our mission. As a matter of fact when a person lives through their life and if they haven't figured out what the mission was that soul goes back up to heaven and gets sent back to earth again. That's what we call reincarnation. So we go through our journey in life and then at the end of our life what happens then? What's next? When we think about it, a person can actually live 70, 80 years just to do a favor for another. It could be that is your whole mission. So therefore, whenever an opportunity comes to you to do something positive, to do something good, think of it. Maybe this is the reason why you were created. Maybe this is your mission. Maybe this is your calling. Maybe this is why God put you on this world so that you should fulfill that specific deed. So the next time someone asks you for a favor, the next time you find yourself an opportunity to do something positive, something good for others or for the community, do it because that could be your mitzvah. That could be your deed. That could be your action. That you're that's going to fulfill your soul that's going to fulfill your body and when you do that God will extend your years and extend your mission to continue on doing more good things so the question that is being asked is what happens when we die what happens to us is it lights out is it over the curtains are closed what happens well let's go back to the beginning how did we become alive What sustains us? How are we alive? What keeps us alive? Where did we come from? So not just thinking about where do we go at the end, let's think about where we came from the beginning. The beginning began when God blew a soul into your body. A soul is part of God. And that soul is our soul of life. That's what keeps us alive on this world. It keeps us viable. It sustains us, and it gives us everything that we need to make it through this journey in life. At the end of our life, the soul leaves our body. Just like it came, it's going to leave the body. And it's going to go right back up to heaven where it came from. The body is the vessel that God gives us that could house this soul. And that's why we need to take good care of our body, we need to be very careful that we eat healthy, that we exercise and we care for our body with much respect, because it's really not ours. It's a gift from God. God gave us the body on loan, and God gave us a soul, and the soul needs a body to live in to be able to fulfill its mission. And that's why it's so important when a person realizes that our bodies don't belong to us, we don't own it, it's on loan to us, because it's a gift from God. And therefore, at the end of life, we need to return this body to God the way God wants us. We came from Earth, we go back to Earth. So at the end of our life, our body is returned to God respectfully, with much dignity, as has been done for 3,300 years, and we bury it in a traditional burial. What happens to the soul? The soul ascends up to heaven. When it arrives at the gates of heaven, as our sages write in the Talmud, you are going to be asked three questions. The first question is going to be, were you honest Did you conduct yourself morally and ethically in your business matters? That's the first question they're going to ask you when you get to heaven. The second question. Did you anticipate and wait for the world to be redeemed for the coming of the Messiah? Did you actively wait and anticipate for it? And the third question will be, did you set aside a fixed time to study? To study the Bible, to study the Torah, to learn how God wants us to live our journey in this world? Those are the three questions that you will be asked at the gates of heaven. So let's dive into these three questions and contemplate why these specific three questions well the very first question is going to be asked is did you conduct yourself ethically and morally in commerce in business matters what that means that did you treat your fellow human being as yourself fairly and honestly did you treat your fellow just like you would want to be treated did you love and care for your fellows Just like you care for yourself, unconditional love for one another. That's an imperative part of coexistence in this world is showing respect to our fellow human beings and treating fellow human beings with unconditional love and not to do upon others that what you wouldn't want to be done upon yourself. That is why that first question is about human interaction, human respect, no matter for who. Were you a decent person? Were you an upstanding citizen? Did you conduct business in an upstanding moral and correct and ethical way? Be ready to answer that question when you get to heaven. The second question is, did you anticipate the redemption? Why is that such an important question? Well, the world was created for purpose. The world was created that it needed to be corrected. It needed to be perfected. The world will be perfected when the Messiah comes, when the redemption occurs. The world was created 5,783 years ago. At the year 6,000, that's going to be when the world will be reaching its perfection. So have you actively done something to make this world a better place? Have you actively taken initiative Not just to anticipate the coming of the redemption, but actually doing something to hasten it. Have you looked up and asked God, God, please bring the redemption sooner. The world is suffering. Humanity is suffering. There's so much suffering going on in this world. There's so much strife, war, hunger. We need a redemption. We've suffered so long in exile. Time for redemption. Have you done your part? that's why we're here. That's why God put us in this world so we should make a difference. It's not just what we can do for ourselves, it's what we can do for the world. Finally, the third question, have you set aside a fixed time to study? We can be busy all day long with dealing with our family matters, dealing with our business matters, but have you set aside time for yourself? to recalibrate your mind, your heart, your soul, by studying the greatest book of all time, which is the Bible, the Torah. God put his essence in the Torah, in the Bible. When you study the Torah, you are connecting with God in the greatest way possible. When you study the Bible, the Bible studies with you. And this needs to happen every single day, because in the Bible, when you study it, it's not just a question of acquiring the information, but it's actually learning and observing of how we are to make this journey in life successful. God gave us the Bible as a operator's manual to teach us how to live in this world, productively, meaningfully and effectively in the best way possible. And that can only come about by studying, by learning, by ingesting the greatness of the Bible, of the Torah, every single day. Anticipating the redemption now more than ever. We need it now more than ever. This is something that we have done for 2000 years We pray three times a day asking God to bring an end to the suffering, to world suffering, to bring an end to the war, to the strife, to the hunger, to all the discontent that's happening out there now, with all the hatred that's happening out there. This isn't the world that God put us in. We need to see the redemption for it. So let me share with you a story that happened Some 84 years ago, this was during World War II, during the terrible times, the darkest times of all world history during the Holocaust, when they would round up Jewish people of all ages and they would squeeze them in these cattle cars on the train and they would send these trainloads of human beings to the death camps. I want to share with you a story It reverberates till this very day of a young man who was taken together with millions of others. He was stuffed in a cattle car and with young and old were stuffed like sardines in the most dehumanizing way possible. And as the train started to move, they all knew that they're on the way to the death. This particular train was heading towards the notorious concentration camp Tereblinka to exterminate every one who was alive at that train. As the train was trucking along the tracks, this young man, David Azriel Fastag, was a cantor and he had a saintly rabbi, the rabbi of the dynasty of Mudgets, that he used to sing for during the high holidays. As he's in this death car, heading towards Tereblinka, he closed his eyes and began reminiscing the tunes that they used to sing together, with tears rolling down his face, wondering if I could ever, ever be with my saintly rabbi of mudgets and sing these songs again. As he's in this trance, a vision appeared to him, the vision of the 12th of the 13 principles of faith. And those words are, this is the 12th of the 13 principles of faith. I believe in complete faith in the coming of our redemption, in the coming of the Messiah. Even though it may tarry, I will wait every single day for it to happen. He just saw those words. At that moment, a tune came to him. And he began singing the tune with these words. He composed a song in the cattle car. On his way to his death, he composed a song that I believe with complete faith in the coming of our redemption, in the coming of the Messiah. Even though it may tarry, I will anticipate, wait for it every single day. And he began singing this song. As he began singing the song with his eyes closed, he didn't realize that those that were standing around him picked up on the song and joined in and began singing it with him. And then the people around them began singing it. The whole car, this cattle car, train on its way to the death camp, they are all singing this song and then the cattle car behind them heard this beautiful song being sang. They picked up on it and they learned it also. And here you had carriage after carriage. They were all singing the same tune that was just composed right there on the death train on its way to Terublinka. This amazing, heartfelt song that was just composed right there and then under these circumstances. Such a powerful song. This young man shouted out and he said, I will give up half of my portion in, the, in heaven in the world to come if anyone will promise me that they will take this song that we just composed and sing it to my saintly Rabbi of Majitz. Two young men came over and said, We have learnt the song. And we are going to deliver this song to the holy, saintly rabbi of Majchitz. These two young men jumped on the shoulders of those that were there. They were able to break out a plank from the cattle car. And as the train was moving, these two young men jumped off the train. One of them, unfortunately, died on impact. The other one survived, survived to be able to find his way to Israel. He came to Israel. And he sang the song, hired a musician to write the notes. And he sent the notes to the saintly rabbi of Majitz, who has already found refuge in Brooklyn, New York. When the musical notes were delivered to the rabbi with the information who composed it and where it was composed. He began singing the song with tears rolling down his face feeling for the six million innocent people that were just killed. And they died believing and anticipating the coming of the redemption. This song remains till today, sang by Jews throughout the whole world. Everyone knows this song. And when you sing this song, you feel the heart of the song. When I sing this song, I feel it, I live it, every time I sing it. That is the song that was composed on the death car, the death train, on its way to Blinka. We kept it alive. They perished. We kept it alive and we keep it alive. And every day we pray to God, because we anticipate the coming of the Messiah and the redemption. So now that you know the three questions that you will be asked when you come to heaven, prepare yourself with the answer. When you come to heaven and you have the answers ready for you, yes, you conducted yourself honestly in commerce. You treated every human being as you would like to be treated. You anticipated the redemption and you studied the Bible. You arrive at the heavenly gates with that. You have fulfilled your mission. You have fulfilled your journey in this world. Let's all realize that life is one big journey. So let's enjoy the ride. God bless you. God loves you.